Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. I am so excited for my next guest because I have known her for many years. She is a remarkable woman. She uh, is a retired judge now, and she has served so beautifully, so beautifully for our great state of Minnesota. And she's joining me tonight to talk about Kantanji Kentanji Brown Jackson, always get it mixed up, who has been nominated as a black woman to the Supreme Court, and I'm so excited about it. Pam Alexander is joining us, retired judge. Thank you so much for being here tonight. Thank you for having me. I'm excited, and I'm also excited to talk to you. You know how much I love you. <laughs> oh, I love you too. We've known each other for so many years, and I'm so thankful for it. So let's jump into this. You know, we've heard um, so many uh, saying her name on their lips, right? In so many various communities, people are blown away by her <laughs> resume. They they are really starting to feel stronger and stronger about her possibly being on the Supreme Court. What is the first thing that you would say many Americans are worried about having a black woman on the Supreme Court? You know, I don't think that they need to be worried uh, at all. When I looked at this list of, of African-American women that the president was um, contemplating, there was not one of them that wasn't stellar. So these women were are in our uh, eminently qualified, very strong women, um, and I think he could have picked any one of them. Um, Ketanji Brown Jackson is a phenomenal judge. She has uh, years of experience uh, as a judge, which is um, uh, really a little bit unusual <laughs> for the Supreme Court, I hate to say. And she also has, uh, she comes from such a stellar background. She will be phenomenal. Uh, I think her uh, her background, her family, everything just makes her um, really, she's going to be a standout on the court. And I think, uh, you know, she, he couldn't have made a better pick in my view. The question that they've been asking on a specific um, network, <laughs> news network, about her is, why does she have to be black? Why in the world would Biden say we need a black woman on? Why can't we just say we need someone great on uh, the Supreme Court? I think that's a ridiculous question. What do you say to someone who actually says that? Well, you know, the problem is, is that I think um, court should always 
reflect the population. This has been a court that has been mostly uh, exclusively white males uh, and um, has only had, I believe, um, I don't know, what is it, six? It should be the sixth female ever on this court. And I think that um, we bring very... uh, unique views we have because our life experience is unique and you do bring your life experience to the court when you come when she comes there as an african-american woman she's had experiences that a lot of other people haven't uh just like uh, justice sonia sotomayor did and i think that when you bring those experiences to the court you expand the court's view um the same way thurgood marshall did um uh in the days that in the years that he served on the court he bought a perspective that needed to be listened to and she will bring a perspective that's been missing you know having been a first uh on <laughs> on uh, the court uh in minnesota Um, you know, there's going to be a lot of scrutiny and people are going to say, well, why, why, why? They're going to do all kinds of other things. But my question is, why not? Why not? Why not? And I think, you know, there should be maybe two or three. (laughs) You know, I don't I don't see why we should stop. Nobody says, why should there be white men? And there's always been white men. Nobody says, why should there be white women? There's been white women. But there has never been an African-American woman on this court, and that is a travesty in 2022. Okay. So my so question is, why not more ahead. than one? Why not more than why one? Not. There you go. Why not more than one? Let, let's, get, let's get a couple more of those sisters that were up there. They're all eminently qualified. Why not? Right. And here's the thing. I say, why? Yes. Okay. We know that when President Barack Obama became president, there were young black boys that changed. They wanted to do better. It's like, oh, he can become president. Maybe I can become president. There were more African-American males graduating from high school. Now, here we are looking at a possible Supreme Court justice who is an African-American woman. I can only imagine the girls um, that are looking into law could say, oh, my goodness, if she is on the Supreme Court, I could be there one day, too. Those are really important moments in our country. But it feels as though they're squashing those down. How do you see it? Well, I, you know, anytime that there, uh, anybody says anything about race, people want to get their backs up. And I don't understand it. This, this country has been um, talking about nothing but race, really in terms of the law for many Years. That's why we have the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments. I'm trying to figure out why this discussion is all of a sudden taboo. Why uh, thinking about a black woman is something that all of a sudden is not uh, something we should consider. Oh, let's just consider great women. No, let's consider who you've always excluded. Right. Let's consider why you've excluded this particular group. I do not believe since 1900, since we've had the Supreme Court, that there weren't other African-American women that could have served on this court, but they never got the opportunity until 2022. That is something that I think people should be ashamed of. And you shouldn't be questioning it at this time. There's been a number of women that could have served on them. Uh, U.S. Supreme Court. There's been a number of African-American men who could have served on the Supreme Court, but yet we've only had two. So my question is always, why, when it is a person of color, we have to ask these questions when you never ask these questions when they're all white? 
It seems as though our country cannot get over the accomplishments of more and more African Americans. And as they keep moving up, as we keep moving up as a collective, we're starting to really see what we can be, even though we've always wanted that, we didn't see necessarily that we can be it. What do you think is the next step for for um, the women, the six that we were talking about, um, how wonderful they are, how important they are to the system? How do you think they are looking at this? I know that they are lifting her up, Ms. Brown up. I know that they are thinking, okay, she's she's the one for now that they're looking at to be the Supreme Court um, judge. They also must be sitting there, you know, with, with moist hands trying to figure out, oh, my gosh, when this happens, then what happens to our country? I think it will affect everything. Do you agree? I think that there will be a a train of thought. There will be more discussion. There will be more inclusivity. I think that I, and I know that she will bring a civility to the bench that they need uh, sorely right now. Because, you know, she used to be like a stand-up comic when she was in college. (laughs) She did the improv. (laughs) So she's probably going to be a real fun sister to be around. So I'm thinking that she's going to, yeah, she's going to bring a perspective probably that they I uh, haven't heard, but, you know, judges overall tend to lean conservative. I hate to tell, I hate to say that to people, but that's generally because when you get and you delve into the law, you have to figure out, you know, how you can, how it can move forward, how we can look at it, how we can hold our democracy and our principles of democracy high, and then how can we make sure that it includes everybody. She can talk about those issues from her own personal experience. And that's something that everybody cannot do. As a retired judge, I can imagine you watching this and knowing some of the women and hearing the stories behind them and talking to your own sisterhood about what could be happening soon. Um, as this unfolds for you, the many years that you served, how many years did you serve Minnesota? Was it 18? No, 35. 35, 35. Yeah, I was a, yeah, I was appointed in 1983. Yeah, and I left in 2018. Wow. So uh, a lot of years. But one of the things that I wanted to do, and I think that I did, um, was bring other uh, women behind me. And there were many uh, women of color who came uh, after I left. Actually, uh, there was an African-American woman who actually assumed my seat. And, I, and I'm exceedingly proud of her. But we have... I think now, um, you know, obviously when I started, there was only one. Now there, I believe, are nine um, African-American women judges uh, in the state. Um, and I, because when I came on, there were only four African-American judges in the state. Uh, now there's many, many more. So I, I was hopeful that my serving in uh, trying to hold the standards that I uh, felt and I really put up probably more pressure on myself than I needed to, but I wanted to make sure that people said, okay, she served well so we can appoint others without any issues because there's always that, you know, they're always looking at you going, oh, gee, is she qualified? Well, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Or Incredible. is she smart enough? Yeah. She knows always those same things that you hear. The same thing that they said about Barack Obama. Did he really graduate from Harvard? What were his grades? What were the, you know, all that craziness when, um, 
the credentials have always been there. That's so right. now give us the opportunity to serve. Um, and basically, you know, I've always felt that we had to work real hard to get to be recognized. Um, and, you know, I mean, uh, Judge Jackson was editor of Law Review in law school. That is no small feat. Graduated That's with right. honors. Come on. <laughs> I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. And so to sit up and say, you know, and she's been a judge for almost nine years. So I'm, I'm thinking to myself, you know, th- this is a, a ton of accomplishment for someone who's only 50 years old or 51 years old. And I think that she is spectacular. I don't think that there could, you could pick anybody better. Um, she's written, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of opinions, probably been, you know, and, and all of us are, have been reversed, but she's probably been reversed less than a dozen times. That is pretty phenomenal. Because um, I'm going to tell you, you know, because I obviously I served a lot longer and I wrote thousands and thousands and thousands of opinions that people have looked at and picked apart and done whatever. And you just have to, you know, but she did her job. Her job is to decide cases, and she decides them. And she does it uh, with grace and intellect. And I'm extremely excited about her. I am extremely excited about her. I talked to my oldest granddaughter, who's nine years old, about her. Um, I make sure she has books about women who are succeeding in those places where we didn't know they could exceed, and many of them are women of color. So I am so excited to share this story with her as well. Now, as we move forward as a nation, whatever happens, and I do hope that it goes in the way I want to see it, uh, because I think Katenji Brown can do it, no doubt about it, and I think I know she can do it. Um, But the challenge is how our history is being written. As we know, there are books being thrown out. People keep trying to change the history that we are living today. Um, What are or do you have any concerns when it comes to putting out someone like a Katanji Brown Jackson or someone like a Pamela Alexander um, to change the story around and make it seem as though you're not worthy or she wouldn't be worthy? Well, you know what, I think that as um, as women and African-American women uh, especially, I think that we, you know, as a society have, have not been valued to the degree that we should be. So I think it, but I also think it's incumbent upon us to be able to tell our story and make sure that our story is told in our words. And I think that, um, uh, and I'll say when um, Judge Brown Jackson is confirmed, you know, she will make, she will be a star. And you can't actually say that she can be erased out of history. She can't be. She's there and she's going to be there and she will make um, uh, a name for herself for the decisions that she'll make going forward. Um, Because you can't, you can't sit around and just pluck out parts of our history and act like we're not here. We are here. We've been here. We've been here. Uh, since the 1700s, 1600s, and we will continue to, and we will continue to make contributions to this country. And you can't just decide you're going to wipe that out because you don't want anybody to know it. But we come from a very unique history, and we're here, and we're not going anywhere. Isn't that the <laughs> so truth? Think, Isn't that the truth? Yeah, and I, and I keep, I, I kind of want to say, 
um, especially when people say, well, we don't want to talk about uh, African-American history. We don't want to say, you know, we don't want our children to know. Well, why don't you want them to know? Why don't you want them to know the true history of this country and what has happened and the contributions that we've made, which have been many. And uh, Judge Brown Jackson will be making a lot of contributions as she moves forward. Um, as you know, all of the, a bunch of the sitting judges are now. We there's some pretty spectacular judges that sit on the D.C. Court of Appeals, and I know several of them. And they're just real dynamic women. And I wish that people knew more about these sisters. But I'll just yeah. tell you, um, they they're there. They're going to be there, and hopefully, we'll have an opportunity to tell our stories. And um, I'm going to certainly try to tell mine. I'm in the process of trying to write a book myself. But I really do think that people need to know um, people who are history makers um, and that we put that in curriculum so that it can be there for our children who come behind us. One of the things that helped me uh, in my educational journey was learning about myself. And I was able to do that at the Twin City Institute for Talented Youth and my, with my mm. professor, Mahmoud Al-Khati, so, <laughs> uh, who taught me <laughs> much more um, than I was learning uh, in my regular public schools. So in learning about myself and my history made me push forward and made, made my intellectual curiosity go to the law and how the law impacted African-American people. And so um, that was what catapulted me forward, and I think that that can also be done for kids coming behind us. So I think that this is great for young people. It's great for young women. It's great for young African-American women that decide to wear braids. It's the whole nine yards. <laughs> I'm talking to Bobby Joe about that uh, tonight as the hair and, and how that happens in the, in the corporate world. I cannot tell you how grateful I am that you joined us tonight. Um, you are, have been a successful uh, black judge for years. You're a lawyer, administrator, and community activist. We need to say that because it's important. And I just want to say thank you for everything you've poured into so many black children, so many black women like me and my sisters. And I just want to want you to know if I could ever have you on again. I'm calling. I'm calling. You came on this time. I'm calling. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 